You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 48 of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. Kaz has work commitments tonight, but I'm joined by Chris. We should be able to get out of here quite sharply, Chris. There's not been much happening this week. Yeah, not quite one to talk about, yeah. Absolutely not. And we begin this week's show with the top story of the past seven days. In the early hours of January the 9th, American media outlet Equalizer Soccer reported that the NWSL side Orlando Pride have agreed terms with Mark Skinner to take the vacant head coach role at the club. Equalizer are a dedicated women's football news site and have multiple sources backing up their story. Mark Skinner took over at the Blues in December 2016 and has overseen a transformation in the way the team plays. He led Birmingham to the FA Cup final, which sadly ended in defeat to Man City. The funny thing is, Chris, I got up on Wednesday morning in a really good mood, looking forward to the Arsenal game in the evening. Then I flicked on Twitter to see the news and I physically couldn't finish my breakfast. It was a, such a crushing blow for the club and fans are like, I must stress the club are yet to make a statement at the time of recording, but several English journalists such as Richard Lafferty and Kieran Tavum have vouched for Equalizer Soccer for their credibility when breaking stories. I think the silence from the club is deafening, Chris. If this wasn't true, surely they would have come out to deny it by now. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and I think really, knowing that after the story's come out, if you ever listen back to the last few interviews Mark has done, it, it feels like you know you, you just sort of get the impression he is he is talking about the players and what this group can achieve, you know, it's not it's not about what he can achieve with this group, it's about what this group can achieve, you know, and it, it's it's a really bold move from from Equalizer and all these other news outlets that are reporting it now. If it's not going to turn out to be true, I'm I'm sure it is going to turn out to be true. Um but you're right, it's a it's an absolutely huge blow for Blues. Kaz went to the game last night, which we will touch on in a bit. But for once, Mark wasn't available for interview after the game. As someone all too keen to speak to us over the years, it goes another step closer to backing up the recent reports. Not to mention the club's reaction article, which usually features quotes from Mark. And was surprisingly, there was quotes from goalkeeper Hannah Hampton and captain Keris Harrop instead. Mark did, however, speak to the club's TV channel, Blues TV, following the game. But as you'd expect, they didn't press him on the matter. What do you think of the way the club has dealt with the reports, Chris, since it came out? Uh, yeah, we had the discussion on, on Twitter about this. I think Blues are to be criticised for this. But, you know, a, a lot of other women's clubs, their media breaking stuff to the fan. is pretty poor. I'd have thought, I'd have hoped the communication for the manager deciding to leave for America would have been better than an American site breaking the news the day of uh, a Continental Cup quarterfinal. You know, the timing of it was, was awful. Obviously, we don't know we don't know the background. We don't know anything about it, apart from what these sites have announced. You'd have hoped, if there is substance behind it, assuming there is, that he'd have told the players before Wednesday morning because if any of the players woke up and that was the first they heard about it, 
on the day of a quarter final that you know that that would have been a really awful way to find out it's, women's football in general has has got a long way to go in terms of communicating things to fans i know sometimes it can be difficult if details aren't 100% ironed out between both clubs and this that and the other but a quick word on Orlando Pride, Chris. They are a team that most people thought have underachieved last season, finishing in seventh out of nine teams in the NWSL. They have an average attendance of 4,837, the fourth highest in the league. They have the likes of Alex Morgan, Marta, Ali Krieger on the books. It's certainly an appealing concept for any manager, Chris. Yeah, and, and it's in Orlando as well. You know, the you know, it's, it's a... It is. It's a it's a massive opportunity for Mark, um, and the timing of it seems very good. Um, you know, him and him and Laura have just had a baby. They can go over there and and start start family life there while while Sadie is very very young. Um, you know, hopefully she won't be put out by it. Uh, Laura's brother is over in America. I think he does. He does coaching schools over in America. Um, so, yeah, the opportunity for him is is fantastic. Um, you mentioned a couple of the players there, world-class, you know, world-famous names. Um, you know, so, yeah, brilliant opportunity for him. And he would have been mad to turn it down. Obviously, you know, this is all under the assumption that it comes to fruition. Um, but you wish him, as a Blues fan, I wish him nothing but good luck over there. We understand that Mark will be at the Bristol City game on Sunday. So if this turns out to be Mark's final game, I would urge everyone to get down to Damson Park on Sunday. You might be gutted like me. You might be angry. You might be sad. But at the end of the day, Mark has done a great job for us. He deserves a send-off worthy of the football that Blues have played this season and the back end of last season. Don't you agree, Chris? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think it's it's got the... Obviously, we don't know the details whether it'll be his last game or not, but it's got the the potential to be quite a quite an emotional and and big game actually on Sunday. Now, you know, a, 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 the day overall could be, um, you know, if hopefully, like you say, there'll be a, there'll be a good crowd there, and I'm sure every every Blues women fan would would love to to thank Mark for what he's done for us over the last two years um, because he has he's He's transformed the way we play. He's transformed the squad, and he's 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 given us a side to be to be proud of, and a side that hopefully together, if if the squad can stay together, then over the next few years can do something quite special. Yeah, absolutely. And the the amount of disappointment that came out from the fans obviously shows how much of an impact he's had on them over the last few years. And I'll be honest, when he was first appointed, I thought, who is this guy? He had he had that uh, pencil moustache that he had, and he looked uh, he looked arrogant to be honest when I first saw him in when in, in the pictures that they used for the announcement. But then I got to meet him and chat to him, of course, over the last few years, and I was completely wrong about him. He's a passionate, genuine guy who wants the best for the club. As you say, he's just had a daughter, Sadie, who no doubt is now his top uh, top priority. And if the club uh, in the US is going to come out and give him a good contract and give him some uh, job security with Good, uh, good weather as well, of course, over in Florida. Uh, yeah, as you say, he's mad to turn it down. And football means the world to us fans, but sometimes there's things bigger than that. And I wish him the very best, as, as you do, of course, Chris. And I knew him from from the centre of excellence before he became manager. So I'd I'd had dealings with him before. I'd I'd met him and spoke to him before. And 
you know, he'd always come across as a really genuine, like you said, a really genuine, you know, level-headed, passionate. Um, the thing that strikes you most is his openness with the fans. And, um, you know, if you've got time for him, he's got time for you. And if you've got time for the club, he's he's always had, had time for people who, who showed who showed dedication and you know commitment to the club, um, and he's always been like that, and and I'm sure it won't change when he goes to Orlando as well. You know, a really really good guy, someone who, you know, the the vast majority of the squad we've got now are there for Mark, and we're, we're fully behind Mark and and his plan for the club, the outpouring um, of of what Blues fans had to say on on Wednesday when the news broke shows you what we think of him. Yeah, absolutely. We won't discuss any replacements on this week's show because, of course, the news isn't confirmed yet and I don't think it's appropriate to do so. But what I will say is that Heather Cohen, who is the general manager of our club, is a clever individual. She, of course, chose Mark last time and that turned out pretty well for us. So trust in the club to do the right thing when it comes to Mark's successor. In what feels like forever ago now, we took on Reading at the weekend. We expected a tight game and that's what we got. Blues opened the scoring after the 71st minute when Emma Follis's chip cross was headed in with authority by skipper Keris Harrop. Reading responded in the 87th minute, former Blues midfielder Remy Allen bundling the ball into the net via the post. It looked to be a disappointing end to our Sunday afternoon, but Megan Sargent was having none of that. Lucy Staniforth whipped in a great free kick and Meg Rose highest head into the ground and bounced it over Grace Maloney in the goal and into the back of the net. Cue scenes of jubilation from the home fans. Both of my co-hosts could be seen on the women's football show in the moments after the goal. I've never seen you run so fast, Chris. What a moment it was. <laughs> yeah, it was um, pandemonium, really. I think, you know, when when you play Reading, you know, there's there's an extra extra needle and extra spice to the game anyway. Um, you know, but to concede that late and think that, the you know, the the efforts had, had gone to waste and we were only going to pick up a point and then a minute later um, to win it in that fashion is to win any game in that fashion is quite is extra special but you know a game, a game like Reading um, yeah that was that was a very very sweet moment yeah we said it a lot this season but we found a will to win in games like this last year we probably would have left with just a point in this one I spoke to Keris Harrop after the game and here are the skippers thoughts on the 2-1 win it's always a feisty game against Reading, Keris, and another one today. Late winner. It's obviously a great moment for the club to get another three points on the board and start the year better off than we did last year in January, but this year it is. Yeah, no, that's what it was. I think coming back after the Christmas break, it's always a difficult period, really. Getting back into it and getting up to tempo. And as I say, yeah, we knew coming into the Reading game it was going to be a battle. It was at their place, and I think it always is. We couldn't really play our football. I think we tried to in like the first half, and we realised at half-time that wasn't the way to go about it, so... Although sometimes you have to play ugly, you know, we got the result and, and that's the main thing. And I think you're getting the, the late win at the end and shows how passionate we were and how passionate the fans were. And it just means so much, you know, we, we're challenging for the top two spaces. So, you know, it's really important that we get the three points when we can. Obviously, it was only one shot in the uh, first half and Reading were having a lot of shots, but they didn't really have any shots of note in the first half, but they were on top. Obviously, you said the change up in the second half. There was more, it just seemed like everyone was up for it a bit more in the second half. A bit more tempo, was that something Mark said at halftime? Reading first half just pressed us, but we kind of knew they wouldn't be able to sustain that press. So I think that showed then in the second half and because they weren't pressing us as much, we were able to play a lot more and I think that's when our tempo increased. And I think we gained a bit of spirit from that. I was a bit frantic in the first half, but then... 
kind of adapted our, our game plan and it paid off. A lot of defenders are getting goals this season, more so than previous seasons. Do you, do you, is there a reason for it? Are you just getting in the right position at the right time? I see, it. just, obviously our, uh, we need to start putting our defenders up front, I think, don't we? So, uh, yeah, Megs has done well as well. She's got a couple this season and you know, for me personally, it's always nice to get on the score sheet and I think it just shows, you know, it's, we can't always rely on the strikers, especially, you know, with two of our main ones out at the minute. It's got to come from everyone, and whether it's midfield, defence or attack. It's nice that we are getting a bit of variation in our goal scorers. And it's your 12th league goal for Birmingham. Flying in with a great header once again off, off birthday girls Emma Follis's cross. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was just kind of thought, do you know what, I'm going to go free. I was, I was moved to left back, carried the run on through really and Follis, bless her, she put in a really good uh, chip ball and yeah, just managed to get my head on the end of it. A quick recap of the weekend's action elsewhere then. League leaders Arsenal came from behind to beat West Ham United 4-2. Jane Ross scored twice for the Hammers but goals from Leah Williamson. Arnf Jensen and Danielle Vanderdonk turned it around for the Gunners. Champions Chelsea continued their impressive run of form at Kings Meadow with a 3-0 win over Everton. Beth England, Drew Spence and Hannah Blundell were all on the score sheet as the London Blues took all three points. Over at Prenton Park, Brighton and Hove Albion beat Liverpool 2-0 to pick up their second league win of the season. Laura Rafferty and Innie Umatong found the net for the Seagulls. And in the final game of the weekend, Man City travelled to Bristol City and managed to come away with just a point against Tanya Oxtoby's side. The two sides played out a 1-1 draw with Nikita Paris's opener, cancelled out by informed Vixens midfielder Lucy Graham. That result means Chelsea and Birmingham close the gap on second to just three points. Arsenal remain top with 30 points, with a game in hand over the other sides in the top four. Man City are two behind Arsenal on 28, and Chelsea and Birmingham are both on 25. Just three days later, on Wednesday evening, the Blues travelled to Meadow Park to take on league leaders Arsenal in the League Cup quarter-final. I couldn't make the game, and the nervousness that I felt every time I refreshed the Twitter feed was unreal. This is what it was like in the old days, but instead of Twitter, it was uh, the teletext or CFAX, for those who remember those, uh, for the latest scores as it ticked round to the next page. The first major incident was a penalty in this one, and it was given in favour of us. Aoife Mannion stepped up, but a fine save by Sari van Wienendal down to the keeper's right kept the ball out. When things like that happen, you fear the worst, but then Lucy Quinn scored in the second half and I almost leapt out of my seat. I've been using the Dare to Dream hashtag a lot this season and I really did start to believe at that point. But then Arsenal had to go and spoil it all, as, as that old uh, famous song goes. Two late goals, one in the 84th minute, Danielle Vanderdonk, and then in injury time, Vivian Miedemar rounds Hannah to win the game. It just summed up the day, Chris, that we've been having yet on Wednesday, didn't it, at that moment? Yeah, it was. It was. You, you woke up to horrendous news and then the the last tweet of the day was also horrendous news, yeah. But um, it, it's, it's so disappointing, really, because you're so disappointed for the players. They've gone to Arsenal and... Like you say, I was I was at work, so unfortunately, I, there was no way I could get down in time. So um, I was looking on the Twitter accounts as well, and a lot of it was Blues chances and Blues set pieces, and we we seemed to be defending relatively comfortably. Um, obviously, Bambina and Dahl makes a really good save from from Ethers penalty, and then Lucy Queen gets the opener, and you know, with with ten minutes left, you think right, this we've defended so well this season and you're just hoping that we can see it out but unfortunately Arsenal do what they've done to us for for many years now and 
and and and break our hearts at the very end, unfortunately. Um, but yes, yeah, you're gutted for the players because they're they've worked so hard and their efforts and and achievements this season. You know, they they probably deserve to to get through to the semi finals, but we'll have to we'll have to do it in the FA Cup now instead. Let's hope so. Obviously. Yeah, it's, it seemed like they only had a few chances, Arsenal. But they, as as you know, they're a quality team, and then if they get a chance, they're gonna they're gonna have to take it. And they, and obviously they did in those two chances. Uh, Tim Stillman from who's a columnist for the Ars blog, who a well known Arsenal blog, uh, said that we were robbed in this game. So obviously he thinks we were the better team on the nights. But as 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 we know, football isn't always doesn't always isn't always fair. I guess so. Well, so I will. Yeah. No, just just dust ourselves off, and we have got to go again. So the yep. result means, of course, we exit the League Cup in the quarterfinal stage. The teams through last night were Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester United. Brighton and Man City play tonight at the time of recording. And quickly before we go, then we must take a quick look at the weekend and our upcoming game against Bristol City. Former Blues coach Tanya Oxtoby has done a great job this season so far, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts. And with the likes of Sophie Bagley, Lucy Graham and Ella Rutherford, they pose a threat on Sunday. They got a 1-1 draw against Man City last weekend. And if we aren't up for this one, Chris, we could be in trouble. What do you think is going to happen in this? We've already seen what Bristol can do defensively when, when they came to Solihull in, in the Continental Cup and they got a 0-0 draw and event went on to win on penalties. But, you know, over, over the 90 minutes there, yeah, we we huffed and puffed, but they defended well. And Sophie's obviously a very very good goalkeeper. Um, we're going to have to play better than we did that day. And they've got very good players. And and like you say, their last result, a one one at home to Man City, will have given them a lot of confidence. We're going to have to be on top form. We're going to have to be. Well, I think we're going to have to start better than we did against Reading. If we can start the game in the manner that we played the second half against Reading, then then we we've got a good chance. You know, we've got players who who, who can cause trouble. Um, and we should be confident as well, despite despite the defeat at Arsenal. To take them that close, we can pick up another three points and, and get back on the board. And arguably the two best signings of the summer are going to go um, head-to-head against each other tomorrow. Obviously, Lucy Graham, who came from Hibs, I think, in Scotland, and Lucy Staniforth, who came from Sunderland to Birmingham. So that's going to be a great battle between the two midfielders who have really set the world alight this season. Yeah, Lucy Graham's got a lot of goals, you know, and and she's shown that, you know, I think they lost Lauren Hemp, didn't they, in the summer? Um, but she's she's made sure that 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 hasn't been impacted too much. And obviously, standing forth for us has has fitted in seamlessly and been a big player as well, um, getting the assist for for Megan's goal against Reading. So there's big players on both sides, and and the big players are going to have to play well um, if one of them is going to win on Sunday. Predictions, then, Chris. What do you think the score is going to be on Sunday? I've got, I've just got a funny feeling, you know, the the day that it could be, if it is going to be Mark's last game, um, you know, the players will be raring to go after after the disappointment of Wednesday night. I think we'll start quickly. We'll we'll look to get a few goals. I think I'll go three nil Blues. Three nil Blues, and you're going to name a scorer just in case I'm going to go for three nil. I'm not, but just in case, just in case. I will. I will say Emma Follis will score. Okie doke. For those who were listening last week, Kaz got it spot on. She got 2-1 and she had uh, Harrop to score. So that's a point for her for this first half, uh, first episode of the year, I should say. 
And I'm going to go for a 1 0 win this week. And I'm going to stick with Charlie Wellings. I think she's due a goal. So Wellings to score and 1 0. Chris went for 3 0. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on. Keep right on till the end of the road. <laughs>